welcome to the Unfiltered Femme podcast, your new world to get the lowdown on all things pleasure, sexuality, the mysterious female body, dating, relationships, and everything you need to know to step into your most unfiltered, unapologetic, empowered, and turned on self. I'm Steph Morris, a love, sex, and intimacy coach, and along with some incredibly fabulous guests, I'm here to spill the tea on those topics that are typically hush-hush, the juicy things that you want to know all about that have maybe been a little bit too shy to talk about. Think of me as your fearless guide and partner in crime, creating a space for the unfiltered, the raw, the authentic chats where nothing is off limits and there's no such thing as too much. The Unfiltered Femme podcast is all about breaking down those walls and celebrating what it means to be an unfiltered feminine being. I hope you're ready for a wild ride. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Unfiltered Femme podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. We have a very special queen guest. And I feel like this episode is going to be so potent and so powerful for all of the women. So let me introduce our guest today. We have Taylor Carr with us here. She is a dating and relationship coach who specializes in feminine and masculine polarity and energy. She's going to be sharing all of the juice, everything that all the women need to know. So Taylor, welcome to the Unfiltered Femme podcast. We'd love for you to introduce a little bit about yourself. Who is Taylor and what is your journey look like to getting into this powerful work today that you're doing? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're going to have a super unfiltered conversation. Uh, A little bit about how I got into this work. In my early 20s, I was diagnosed with an incurable pain disease in my bladder and my womb space. And I went the like traditional Western medicine route and it was super traumatizing. Doctors poking and prodding at me and just nothing was working. Medications were not working and things being shoved inside of me, not working. And so I just remember my doctor looking at me and saying, we can put you on this other medication, but you might lose your hair and not be able to walk, but we can try it. And I didn't know it at the time, but at that moment, I totally just, something clicked in me where I was like, there's got to be a better way for women. I don't think they know enough Mm -hmm. about women. And I started to just work on healing myself naturally. I often joke and say I healed myself dancing naked under a full moon. And it's kind of true, you know, like coming back into touch with what it meant to be a woman, what it meant to be feminine. What did that lineage look like for me? What did the women in the past and my lineage, what had they been through? And so I started doing all this work in feminine energy and health and all these things. And I felt very empowered, attracted the man of my dreams. We had the best relationship ever. I was like, I did it. I made it. I am a queen. And then three years into that relationship, beautiful relationship, he woke up one day and said, I don't see a future with you anymore. And he left. It was so shocking. And it was so jarring that everything I had built, suddenly I lost my home of 10 years, the man of my dreams. I had to put my business aside and just heal and get a full-time job and just like be a person for a little bit. And I became so obsessed with this. Like, why is this happening? I, I, I did all the perfect things. I was the perfect girl. I was empowered. I meditate. I'm emotionally mature. I communicate well. What happened? And I just started studying like a scientist, like a mad woman of like, okay, what is happening between men and women right now? And how do we make this world a better and safer place for love, for women and for men alike? Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's such a inspiring journey that you've been on. And I think 
with what you've shared, you are like ahead of the times because from what I'm seeing now, there are a lot of women who are experiencing similar things where really long-term relationships are coming to an end and it's very jarring and scary. And first of all, fucking love your content, especially what I've seen over the last year. It's so on point and so empowering for women and for men as well. So thank you for sharing that. And I'd love for you, if you're open to sharing as much of course, as you'd love to dive into, but how did you heal from that? Like, how did you go from that moment of basically life coming, crashing down that perfect life that it felt like you were in? And I can relate to that. How did you move forward from that? Like, what were the steps that you were taking? It's so funny, because as you say that I have chills, like, obviously, I think about this often, it's part of my journey, but being put back in that moment, just chills are crawling up and down my legs and my arms, because I remember like I fell to my knees and I was like, okay, okay, universe. I don't know what you want from me. So here it is. I've died. I'm, I give myself to you. I am surrendering. I will say yes to anything you put in my path. And for now, this is my year of death. And I'm going to go in that path. And as like woo woo as that sounds, you know, because I like to keep it woo, but also a little modern for all types of women to understand. I was okay with, with, the person that I knew as me dying. And I didn't know how she was going to be reborn, but I trusted myself and I trusted the universe. And I just, you know, I think I stayed really, really committed to, I've never seen myself fail or come crashing down or like quote unquote die and not rebuild something more beautiful. So I let the universe tie my hands above the bed and have its way with me. And I said yes to life and things came that I would have never expected like a job in property management, but it offered me a free apartment as I was getting back on my feet. I would have never said yes to that. But then I said, okay, universe, show me a sign. And outside of my bedroom window, my home of 10 years, suddenly an apartment building went up over the weekend when I asked the universe to show me a sign, blocking my view. And I was like, okay, I will say yes. And I said, yes. And it was one of the hardest things I ever did. I trusted myself. And I said, Mm. I I have to learn these hard lessons for a reason. And I went for it. Now I know how to like break into apartments with bobby pins because because I had to learn these skills and it's helpful. And I also joined a sexy heels dance class. And it was a, a group of empowering women who also wanted to feel healed and sexy. So, you know, between saying yes to everything and pushing myself to get out there. I remember my first class, I was crying while trying to get through the dance moves because I was so disconnected from my body. I was in so much pain and she's got us like shaking our hips and I'm like, okay. And we're crying, but no amount of pain. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let it shut me down. I just was going to let it open me further. So many juicy nuggets from what you just shared. And I think the most potent being the, the line that you said around, you've never experienced something where everything has died, but it hasn't been built more beautiful on the other side. And I think that's where people can get hung up is not having that trust. It feels like everything is dying and this is the end. And it's like, everything is dying now for the new growth on the other side. And we have to be in that place of trust. And then the other point that you shared there, which I think is really powerful for women and really necessary for all humans, really, when there is an element of death in your life, having a place of trust within ourselves is really completely necessary. Otherwise it's kind of impossible to move through if you don't have trust with yourself, if you don't have trust with the universe or a higher power or whatever it is that you believe in. So what other things did you really lean on? Love the sexy heels class and that is so empowering. What were the other pieces that really helped you cultivate that trust within yourself to help you move through that really challenging time? 
oh my gosh, not being hard on myself, you know, like when the pain mm. came, the tears came, the grief came, like moments of highs, I would, they would be met with moments of lows. And obviously like being a business owner, I was, I was really having to fight this, like, you have to get back in your business. You have to serve the world. You have to make money in that way. You have to, you have to. And I just like, I, I think the bravery and truly letting it go and truly trusting that whatever was going to come was going to be better and just resting. Like I rested mm. so much and I leaned on the women in my life. And I'm really grateful because when I was on my way, kind of like back up, I had someone who had been circling me for a while. She had wanted to work with me. And I was honest about like, this is just not the time. And I reached out to her and I said, I'm about to go on a really powerful journey and I'm going to figure this stuff out between men and women. Do you want to come with me? And you don't have to pay me to be my client, but I'm going to take you there and I'm going to get you results while I'm getting my own. And she said, okay, let's do it. Mm. And so having someone to kind of mentor for free, just to like see what am I learning? How is she implementing it? How am I implementing it? And she had been single for five years. She hated men. She was angry at men. It was a great reflection for me to not do that. And within four months, she met the man of her dreams. And in under a year, they're already shopping for an engagement ring. So like it works. Oh. It really works. <laughs> oh my God. I could literally cry as you're sharing that. I'm like, that makes me so happy. And let's dive into this because what I really love about your angle and the way that you share things is it's not about emasculating men. In fact, you're so anti that, which I think so many people are missing in this line of work. They're focusing so much on the women and empowering women, but that can also sometimes mean we focus on women being too hyper-independent and actually bashing the man, which ultimately doesn't get the results that we want. So can you touch on that a little bit and your approach that really is supporting men and the rising of men as well? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So full body chills again, because obviously I'm obsessed with <laughs> what I do. You know, obviously female empowerment is a huge part of it. It's very important that the woman becomes whole. But what happens I find is that we get so whole and so complete that there's not space for somebody else. And when a man tries to enter into our life and we don't have space for him, that is emasculation. Even if we're being sweet and feminine and soft and we're doing all the feminine things that we think we're supposed to do, a man wants to be a man at the end of the day. Like I'm so curious about our primal nature and where that means meets our modern, you know, nature. And your man wants to be your man. And if you do not let him be your man mm. because of whatever the political climate is or whatever everyone out there is saying to be correct on the internet, he will he will crash down into his feminine energy. He will not feel needed. He will not feel supported. He will not feel like he has space in your life. And because of his primal nature, he will go find a place where he does feel needed. And that's why you'll see like these amazing, empowered, gorgeous women who are like, I'm the full package. But the man who's in their life is like, there's no space for me here. And they don't mm. actually know how to receive from their man. And they don't actually know how to trust that men can do it and trust that men can lead. And that's why they can't. It's part of the reason why I hear every single day from clients or women on you know, connection calls or whatever saying like, oh, but there's just no good men and they don't know how to do this. The only reason they don't know how is because we started doing everything and took that away from them. Mm, so true. So how can women invite their men, whether it's dating or in a relationship to lead and trust them to lead? 
So I'll start with dating because I think the processes are a little bit, a lot of it different. Mm -hmm. When you are dating, the foundation that you set in your relationship is extremely important. The foundation that you set in your way of being is going to be how he's going to treat you forever, your entire relationship together. So if you show up like auditioning and being this like, I'm so amazing, I'm so empowered, I'm so powerful, I'm so independent, I make so much money, which men honestly don't care about. Then, then that's how he's going to see you. And he's going to know for the rest of your relationship that you've got it and you don't need him. So the weight that we start to shift that in the beginning stages of dating is by being so leaned back and witnessing. We want to witness who the man is, not try to change him. Women do this all the time. Well, I like it like this. And I want a man who does this. Oh. So we lean back, we witness, we see how he moves towards us, and we do not give up our power in that process because we have to hold our standard. If our standard is, I want a man who always opens the door for me, always pays the tab when we go to dinner, you know, compliments me like crazy and tells me I'm amazing and all whatever it is that it is on your list of things that you want, you must embody the woman who receives it. I have this slight story I'll tell. <clears throat> There's a man in my life, he treats me so so amazing. And on our first date, he <laughs> shared with me that he had gone on this date with this girl and she had clearly been doing feminine energy work just from my perception of what he said. He didn't say that. I could tell that she was TikToking, TikTok scrolling on the feminine energy work. And she brought up to him multiple times on this date. Well, I just feel like if you really liked me, you would have brought me a Starbucks gift card to take my friend and I to Starbucks. She brought it up multiple times. He was so uncomfortable with this that he veered the, the conversation somewhere else. He said, what is your love language? She said, gifts, which is what I teach my clients. They gifts. But he goes, what does that mean to you? And she says, well, like a new designer handbag, like once a month on the counter waiting for me would be really nice. Like, okay, girl, <laughs> you're DIYing the content. You're, not, you're clearly not investing in people who actually know how to do this. If that's what you want, that's fine. I love it. Everyone wants a designer handbag once a month. Don't get me wrong. But my, one of my philosophies with this is don't ask. Don't ask. Just mm. be. Be the woman who receives it. Show, don't tell is what I call it. So he walked her to the car because he's a gentleman, opened the door for her, for her car and said, this is not a match for me. This is why she went off on him saying, here's all the reasons you're mansplaining me and you're not a masculine man and blah, 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 blah. We're dating for four dates. in. he goes, by the way, my dentist gave me this Starbucks gift card. Do you want it? And I just thought that was such a hilarious full circle. He wasn't thinking about it, but I was just the woman who receives I don't even like Starbucks. I don't care about Starbucks, but I'm the woman who receives. So embodying mm. in, in dating and being, being the woman in the way that you want to be treated for the whole relationship, not auditioning, not pretending, not lying, but also not dropping your standards in hopes that somebody will pick you. Mm. When it comes to relationship, it's a little bit different. So when you have a foundation set, many women feel when they hear me speak about this, that it's too late to change this around. Mm. And unfortunately for some it is because we get so set in our ways, but not everyone. So what happens is when you're in the relationship, you begin to pour your energy back into you instead of overgiving and mothering your partner constantly. You pull the energy back in you and you start to surprise him with, I'm gonna take myself to lunch today. I joined this dance class. I'm gonna start doing that Monday and Wednesday. You know, you start to pour into you until he starts to wonder where you went. 
and he wants to pour into you too. He has to move towards you. If you're used to always greeting him at the door when he comes home from work with a with a cup of tea and dinner on the table and you take his jacket and you're like, oh my God, welcome home. And you think you're being this amazing partner. You're actually overgiving and moving towards him. You are in action. You are doing. That's masculine energy. Yes, it's nurturing. Yes, mm-hmm. it's loving. If you do it every day, it's no longer the same because we take advantage of what's regular in our life. So instead, mm-hmm. when he comes in the door, he can't find you and he has to come and look for you. And you're in the bedroom reading a book and you're like, oh my God, you're home. I'm so happy to see you. These little shifts will begin to change your marriage or your long-term partnership. Mm, damn, so good. As you were sharing that, I'm like, that is literally what happened in my previous relationship. When I was my first love, when I was 20, he actually was saying to me, you have to stop making coffee for me. You have to stop doing these things because I just don't appreciate them anymore. And I remember thinking, what? How can you not appreciate them? But I didn't know anything about anything back then. So this is super powerful for people to hear because I think a lot of couples or a lot of women get into mothering their partner and it's not sexy and it's not going to lead to intimacy. So these are really good actionable things that women can start to do to pull back and to make, create that polarity so that they can get the intimacy back and the relationship back. And I want to dive into this because this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently is exactly what you said, like entering that relationship consciously, which I love the work that you're doing because I don't see enough of this talked about, about how you enter the relationship and how that is going to really determine how the relationship unfolds. And I love that you say it's not too late that you can make these shifts, but what does that look like? Like, how do you share with your clients how they can, aside from those things that you've already shared, but how can you enter a relationship really consciously so that you're being very intentional, so that you're noticing perhaps things that you don't like or things that don't feel good? Like, how can you differentiate between red flags, self-sabotaging, so that you're entering from this beautiful, conscious, secure, healthy place? Yes, I have a very like structured process that I teach around this in my Muse Mastermind. And I love that because there's like the structured process and outline and then like the conversations are obviously feminine and energy and woo. But it's important to know the structure, which is masculine, to to enter these situations and not self-sabotage. So the red flags to look for in the beginning, whether it's like the dating app red flags, if for those people who are on dating apps, which I don't love, but I'm not against because it's a great way to meet people, you know, or if it's like things that he does in person, like one of the red flags that I could say here is coffee dates. I don't agree with coffee dates. And I have clients who will fight me on this because they're like, oh, but they're like, we're dating so much. And I want to, I just like want it to be chill. But Again, the foundation you're setting is I'm easygoing and I'm chill. A man who meets a woman that he sees is like a valuable woman, a high quality woman, a woman that would raise his his station basically in life, which is still a thing for men. Like everything that they do is about status and having a great woman on their arm is part of that status. If he meets a woman like that, there's no way in hell he's only taking her to coffee. So I don't, I would never say yes to a coffee date. The times that I have, in the past, I knew instantly, I'm like, these guys are my friends. They're my friends. Mm. Or men who talk about wanting to split 50-50. And it's because maybe they're not as far as they want to be financially. But let me tell you something. And this is not to sound rigid. It's not about date rich men and blah, blah, blah. But if you watch any reality dating show, the reason that the man is not ready to commit, whether it's love is blind or the ultimatum or whatever it is, is the number one reason is I'm just not where I want to be financially yet. 
men have mm. to feel like they can provide at some capacity to feel all the way in on relationships. Otherwise, they're always one foot in and one foot out. Men and women are very different. And I think understanding that from the beginning so that you don't self-sabotage, you don't overthink, you're not sending like massive monologues of texts, like, and here's what I did today, and here's how I'm thinking of you, blah, blah, blah. But like actually having this, this really powerful structure of like, no, this is how I move. This is how I treat myself. And I'm witnessing you. And I'm, I'm just seeing who you are. And I see this red flag, this yellow flag, this beige flag, and this white flag and making decisions that are best for you. Mm, so good. Okay, I have some follow up questions. What is the ideal first date for a woman who wants to receive at this level? And how does she get the guy to create that? Is it something that she just waits for the right guy? Or is there invitational prompts as well as the energy that she can use to create that outcome? Yeah, so the first thing is know how you want to feel always. Know how you mm. want to feel with the man of your dreams, with the man who's going to put a ring on it or whatever you want. And then do not be focused on what he looks like. Do not be focused mm. on who he is or if he's your typical type, because chances are your typical type. Like there's a reason it's not working out again and again and again. Maybe it's you're attracting your father. Hi, I did that for a long time. <laughs> or maybe it's you're attracting your mother again and again. And, and so getting more curious about possibilities, saying yes to different types of people, but staying focused on how you feel is going to be really important because you'll feel it when people are reaching out. Let's just use dating apps as an example because everyone's on them when they're single at some point for the most part. If different men reach out with different things that they're saying and you're focusing on how you want to feel, you're going to know that that's, that person's not making you feel like that. If someone's like, hey, what's up? And you're just like, oh, okay, hey, you're going so well, blah, blah, blah. And the conversation's kind of going nowhere and he's just texting some lame stuff. You know that that's not how you want to feel. But if part of how you want to feel is like he's consistent, he's sure, he goes after what he wants, he's passionate, blah, blah, blah. And a guy reaches out and is like, I would love to take you to dinner. Are you available this Friday night? I can set something up. That's when you are like, oh, that's actually how I want to feel. And that happens. There's a lot of amazing men who want to treat women like that but they've been shut down when they do as well. So they've started to ask for coffee dates and things like that. So being open to receive that, holding your standard where you are and focusing on how you want to feel. If you're talking to a guy and he's not saying it, you can prompt him. But overall, I don't really recommend it because we want men to show us who they are from the beginning. So mm. the prompt would be something like, you know, if he says, how's your day going? You can say, it's been busy. I'm not much of a texter, but I would love to tell you uh, in person sometime. Let me know when you want to set something up. That's it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Put the power back in their hands. Don't be the, the one to take the lead. Because I see I have a lot of previous clients and friends who have taken that role of trying to prove themselves and be that hyper-independent woman. And it doesn't work. They're still single and it's not working out. And so this is really important for women to realize that they get to receive and lean back. And there are beautiful men out there who will meet them there. But it comes down to, I think, patience, trust, and the energetic piece, which is really, really important. Yes. I would love to know, what is your, this is going to be different for everybody, but what would be an ideal first date outfit? Like, how do you want to dress up? How do you want to present yourself on that first date? Classy, high quality. Like, you know, I've got like the designer bag. I've got the little jewelry, like the rings on the earrings. I want to look like it's difficult to please me. 
I'm straight up, hands down. I want to look like I am high maintenance and difficult to please because that will make men who want to be low effort run. Like, oh, she is this. And then men who like a little challenge, who like a woman, like loves a woman who takes care of herself and like wants to be that man in her life. The amount of men that I have had say to me, I make enough money for the two of us. I just want you to be happy. Like that is so common in my life because of how I carry myself. So whether it's like, like a high-waisted slack and a beautiful blouse, or sometimes if it's more of like an early date, I'll do a beautiful sundress. It's very sunny where I live most of the year. Feminine, saucy, flirty, expensive. Mm, yes, full permission. Go out there. Yeah. Look beautiful and sexy and vibey. So how can me how can people meet? In real life, because so many people are saying, like you said, it's impossible to meet people. There's no good men out there. All of the classic beliefs. And I think TikTok is not helpful (laughs) in regards to this. Like even I'm on TikTok and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like who's putting out these things? It's it's not helpful for women. (laughs) Yeah, everybody needs to follow Taylor's TikToks to be inspired by what is possible and what is out there. So how can people, and is it even possible to meet people in real life and how do they do that versus just relying on the apps? Yeah. I mean, it's so possible, but I don't, you know, it's tough because everyone tells me I don't want to meet on an app. And yet we are living post pandemic in a time where men are very afraid to approach women and rightfully so, Mm. you know, like they have been shut down like crazy. They have been me too. They've made to feel like they are unsafe men. And that's not to say that those don't exist. They certainly do. I've met plenty of them. I've gone on dates with them. It sucks. But also some of the most beautiful men I know, like incredible men who would just do anything for a woman. They tell me I'm, I'm not safe to approach a woman in person. So that's not to say that they, they won't. But having a dating app, even if it's just one, it kind of keeps your energy open. Your energy field is open. It's more vibrant. It's like, I'm here. I'm available to be approached at some level. So I teach my clients a little bit. If they want if they want a man to feel safe to approach them in person, let's say that they're at a rooftop at a hotel and they're there grabbing a drink or something and there's some really lovely men, you can prompt them too. But it's not that you're approaching them to hit on them. It's like, you know, something like, I've never been here before. What are you drinking? Amazing. I think I'll get that. And then you walk away. And now mm. a door has been opened where you are a safe woman. Or like if you're grabbing three drinks for your friends who are sitting at the couches behind you and you've only got two hands and there's a cute guy, you can say, I'm out of hands. Can you help me bring this over to my friends? Thank you. And they will. And when you make them work from the beginning, I'm given like the most right now. When you make them give from the beginning, they're already invested in you. I love this. I feel like this is an experiment that women, single women need to go out, plan a date, go out to a bar and try these tips and see what happens. What are the things like if a woman goes alone and sits at a bar are there things is that a good approach or like what are some other little good hacks and tips here these are so juicy yeah as long as you're doing it for yourself 
I think that's the thing mm. that is so attractive. And I know the feeling of like, but I'm so ready to meet someone. And so your like self dates start becoming like your eyes are wandering around the bar, like who's going to approach me? We have to stop that because that energy is a little bit, a little bit needy, a little bit like help someone help versus I take my book to the bar. I'm just going to sit here, have a martini. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Maybe someone orders like bruschetta to the table and you're like, that looks so amazing. I might get that. And then you become this vibrant person that is talking and open, but also reading and you're just being yourself. That's that energy is so inviting. It's so magnetic. It's so joyful. So good. And I want to share, just thinking here, a random example from the other day when I was at the airport around energy, which has nothing to do with dating, which I think would be a good conversation. I was at the airport and, you know, sometimes we can be in our own space and we have those blinkers on and we don't want to engage with other people. So I'm like standing, waiting for my bag. I have a hat. I just bought this new hat and it was attached to my bag and I had my music in. I was like vibing out because when I'm at the airport, so like traveling, I basically pretend that I'm this celebrity and I'm just like in my own zone and there's a soundtrack happening to my life and I'm just bopping away. And this man, this older man comes and stands really close to me and he was wearing this cool hat also. Anyway, I'm standing here and I'm thinking, oh, why is he so in my space? Like I was making it about me and thinking, I don't want him in my space. Like I'm really closed off. And then for a second, I was like, this is obviously again, not related to dating, but for a second, I switched my energy and was like, this isn't about me. Let me open up my energy and see maybe there's a conversation here that wants to take place. And as literally as soon as I did that, he looked down, saw my hat and was like, that's a really cool hat. And I was like, sorry, what was that? And he was like, that's a really cool hat. He had a cool hat. I had a cool hat. Anyway, turns out he was English, had lived here for 75 years. We had a really beautiful conversation. And it was just that reminder to me of, wow, energy is so powerful. I was so closed off to this man for a few minutes, as soon as I shifted my energy to be open to receive and just see where it went. It was a beautiful conversation. We had fun waiting for the bags. I left, probably made his day. Like I really enjoyed the interaction. And I was like, wow, how powerful is that? So can you just touch on that? Like the power of intention and with our energy and how we can just make those really subtle shifts to go from being closed off to being open to receive even interactions like that and how that can relate then practicing in the world outside of dating and then bringing that into the dating world and how that can be super powerful. I love how you bring that up. I think I think that that is more important than dating. Honestly, I think it makes the world a better place when all of us are moving about the world in this shut down way when every human wants connection. And so we're walking mm -hmm. by our neighbors with our heads down and we don't want to be bothered and we don't want to be harassed. I get it. I'm a woman. Like I have tits. I've been harassed. Like, you know, it, it is part of our experience, unfortunately. But when we allow ourselves to feel safe within ourselves and then open to the world, it does make the world a better place. And this is probably the first thing that happens with my clients when we're working together specifically in, in the muse is they'll come to me within a week or two and they're like, okay, suddenly I'm walk on my walks and people are like stopping me. Like, ah, you look like you're having a great day. Have a great one, you know? And, or like my client was in the airport and the bartender said to her, can you flash that smile at me again? And an old version of her would have been so pissed that a man told her to smile, but she did. And she felt like she was a gift. Like she was a gift in his life, a gift to the world. And he, all he said was, oh my gosh, you made my day. 
right? And then as she's leaving the airport, this woman stops her and is like, I've been watching you. You are so beautiful. I just wanted you to know how radiant you are. I hope you have a great flight. And she was like, Taylor, what is going on? And we started joking and, and calling it my Aphrodite juice. She's like, your Aphrodite juice got on me. But it, it's openness. It's openness to kindness and joy and receiving and fun and play and, and making people's day. And that is how you have a beautiful life. That's how you attract beautiful people. That's how you get the love that you didn't expect coming. Mm, so powerful. Another really good one I think of, which I used to be really bad at, is when you're traveling, helping with suitcases. Like how many women do you see struggling with like 17 bags and they won't receive, even from the people who are working in the buses or at the hotels, they're like, no, 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 I've got it myself. Whereas <laughs> I'm now like, standing there waiting for the men to help me with my bags. I'm like, I am open to receive. Please help me. I am so I spoiled it. with this. I remember I was I was staying the night at a friend of a friend's place in Denver just for one night. And he came down and grabbed like a couple bags, but not mine. And I'm such a spoiled brat these days. I was just like, I have to carry my own bag. <laughs> I just, in my world, I just, it doesn't happen anymore. I, I remember same trip in Denver. I was with a group of women and we were, we didn't have a chair. There was a chair missing for someone who came and I walked away. And then the next thing I know, I'm walking back with this burly big man behind me carrying this huge bar stool. And I'm like, thanks guys. And they're like, fuck you, Taylor. I'm like, but just ask because men want to give to us so badly. It gives them purpose. Mm, so true. And it's also, it's great for them and it's great to receive. It feels really good. And so experiment for everybody, go out there and get help with your suitcase or just stand there waiting for the door to be opened <laughs> or the car door. I love that. Yeah. I think though, there's this, there's this challenge because a lot of us grew up seeing not great examples with our parents around the, the masculine and feminine dynamics. So how has this kind of, it's almost come full circle in a way of us going so hyper-independent, but now coming back into that space of actually for not only successful and by sex, successful, I mean, fulfilling relationships that we have to kind of play in these masculine and feminine dynamics to create the polarity. Can you talk a little bit around that? Like what is polarity? Why is this important? How do we get this in relationships? Yeah, well, okay. So polarity is just, you know, two magnetic poles. You, it can't be two of the same. That's repellent. It's two opposite poles, which is why, you know, so often you'll find that women will meet men. Like we're so much alike. I love them so much. And they're so attracted at first and the relationship dies, you know, not, not far along later because they're too similar. Whereas like we, we want yin and yang, we want the other piece of us to complete kind of like our puzzle. I think it's important that every, everything is on this diagram to me. I, I draw this diagram for my clients. Sometimes it's like a line and then a half circle above it and then like a line that keeps going. And on one side of that line, you have, let's say in the 60s when women started burning their bras because they were like women, female empowerment, women get to be independent. We want the right to vote and have these jobs and equal pay. And I don't want to wear a bra and be a perfect housewife and all of that. Very important. When you speak to women from that generation about that, which I do, I, a lot of my work is I have my grandmother and like women in her life and her era 
giving me a lot of my information and advice as well, because it's classic, it's helpful. But also hearing them talk about how they were prisoners to these men who were having affairs and completely controlling them, abusing them, and they could not leave. And that was very important. So we had to establish, this is where it kind of comes into the half circle. We had to take the time to establish, I can leave if I'm being abused. I can have my own money. I can work and and create what I want for myself. And then on the other side is is the other flat line. And now we're on the side where it's like, and I would like to be treated well. So it's no longer chivalry for the purpose of women can't do it for themselves. It's, of course we can, but why should we? And I really like that when it comes to even like being the good, sweet, nice girl. If you're the good, sweet, nice girl without going through that little half circle is from a place of trauma and and wanting to be loved and thinking that if you're the perfect girl, the nice girl, you do all the right things, you'll be loved until you move through that half circle of empowerment, finding myself, ditching the perfectionist, ditching all of these ideas that make me worthy of love come out on the other side where that straight line is. And I am the perfect, sweet, nice girl because I just am. And I'm healed and I'm whole in that process. Mm. So you're saying that people or women have to go through the shit, basically. They have to go through the challenges. And what does that look like typically? Is that a relationship breakdown usually? Or can they just choose to go on that half circle to come out the other side? Like typically with your clients, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, a lot of women come to me after pain and it sucks. That's part of our human condition that we wait until something rocks us to do the work, but it's not necessary. I think that we're totally moving into a paradigm soon enough. I don't think we're fully seeing it yet, but permission for pleasure rather than pain all the time. Pain to get me to the next level versus pleasure to get me to the next level. You can choose to do the shadow work. You can choose to do the healing work. You can choose to take a look at where patriarchal conditioning has made you act X, Y, and Z your whole life. You don't have to break down because of it. You just have to be fed up. You just have to be kind of like, I'm ready for something bigger. Where do I go now? And that's that half circle. That's that, that deep inner work of you just, you, you get shot out right where you started, but the empowered whole version of it. Mm, I really love the methodologies and the structure that you have to everything you're sharing it's such a beautiful embodiment of the masculine and the feminine like really really cool and really powerful I'm super intrigued and just loving everything that you're sharing it's amazing it's amazing (laughs) so what do you see are the biggest things that women have to overcome like you said trauma healing looking at the, the conditioning but if there are say like three or four things that you typically see are maybe the most challenging for them to overcome to embody that muse powerful queen energy what would they be okay so the first one that comes to mind is this consistent feeling of not being good enough for good men oh my gosh women that you would never expect would feel that way suddenly it comes up in them they come in they're like yeah let's do it i'm gonna get the guy and then everything we work on becomes how am i worthy of that like okay yes that guy exists but it's only for the instagram supermodel or it's only for women who look like this or women who have this amount of money. It's all of these very masculine ideas about who we're supposed to be to be worthy of that. Again, that's masculine. Men thrive on being worthy of love by how much they do. They thrive on it. They Obviously, there's mental health stuff too, and I won't get too far into that. That's a little uh, side note. But 
men value what they work for. They value when they work hard in their job and they get the raise or the promotion. They value the woman who kind of put them through the ringer and they earned her, they worked for her. And so we think that we, we operate on the same playing field. We don't. We're worthy when we're warm, compassionate, empathetic, kind, whole, healed, emotionally intelligent. The way that women carry their emotions is like crack for men if you know how to do it right. And so exciting. So that's the number one that the thing that comes up is how am I going to be worthy of that if I don't make X amount of money and I don't look like this and I don't blah, 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 blah. Good men don't care about that stuff. It's an energy. The second thing that comes up is self-trust and self-abandonment. More women abandon themselves in relationships than trust themselves. More women make up excuses for men than actually trust that something is wrong here and trust themselves through that process. So that's a really, really big one. And then the third one is judgment. I think that there's a lot of judgment for the actual really good men out there because maybe they're not over six feet tall or maybe they don't look as like, like the Instagram guy with the beard who's like spanking his woman in the Instagram post with tattoos or whatever. Like however these girls are using this weird dark feminine like imagery. He might look more like a humble, nice, sweet guy with like, you know, however, however he looks. There's a lot of judgment like, oh, but he's just not this. But chances are what you're attracted to is, again, like it's a loop from your past that you have to be able to step outside of. And instead of judging these guys, actually giving them a chance, seven dates. I, I love the seven dates. You can really start to get to know someone. And when someone is so good to you and you see them for their beauty, the way that they look really does start to change. And you begin to step outside of your own pattern and begin to see the beauty of them instead. And I think that that one is not talked about enough and very important. I could literally cry with all of this wisdom that you're sharing because this is so powerful and it makes me so sad that so many women specifically have not experienced the relationship that they truly dream of because while we don't need it, we do desire it and we do deserve it and it can be so such a beautiful part of this life and so I really wish this for more women to experience beautiful deep filling relationships yeah. like how you help women get so so many so many good nuggets from that I literally could cry so love this seven date thing I've never heard of this before do you feel like that is is at the time where the mask starts to come off after the seven dates because obviously there's people talk about this like you can show up as whoever you want at first and people often are humans are often wearing a mask or do you see that with this type of work because you're focusing on high value women high value men that that's not showing up as much for them or like how does that work I think the mask really starts to come off around month three or four between month three and six you'll start to see the mask come off and that's when I tell women don't sleep with men until the mask comes off. Like you have to be able to see them and know them and actually feel safe in your body with them. And there's biological reasons for that as well that I won't get into. Just the way men brain, man brains fire their hormones versus the way we do is completely different. They do not fall in love through yeah. sex, even though everyone taught us that. And so, you know, <laughs> my brain's like, boom, boom, boom. There's so many things. The seven day <laughs> rule for me it's not, it's not so much of like a rule or like, this is what it has to be. Just in all honesty, it's intuition and experience, you know, like around seven dates is when you should really know if you want to continue with someone or not. A lot of people think that they're going to have instant chemistry on date one. If you do have instant chemistry, it might be a huge red flag. 
it might be a huge mm. trauma response triggering in your body. It's not butterflies. It's like cortisol and adrenaline. Like this is dangerous. And we want to like sleep with those guys so quickly. And we like, you know, and we want to see what happens when our body starts to really calm with this person. Does it stay calm with this person? And you start to really get to know them. And around date seven, if it's not if it's not developing further, it's okay to let it go at that point. But I think we just, these, these wonderful guys out here who really want to love and cherish a woman deserve a, a fair shot. So I guess those are kind of two different conversations of like three to six months for the mask to come off, but like really give these guys a chance. Mm, I think so many women are so quick to shut things off because there aren't the fireworks or I hear a lot from clients that I work with. The first kiss wasn't that great or the first time that we got intimate or hung out, it wasn't all that I expected it to be because I think the movies just fuck us up, the Disney movies and also all portrayal in media is just wrong, like plain wrong of what it can be. And this is really screwing us over. So I really love that you touched on this. I think it's really important to give people a chance. And then going back to being open, how do people do this in terms of the apps? Because the apps are sort of designed of like, what is actually, do they have height things? I don't even know, but like your age range, you can specify based on all the things, like how can people be open within that without being too open if that makes sense or is that not a thing um yeah I mean I think being being open just the right amount for you is right here I think the more that you do this work and you start to understand what you actually want in a partnership you'll be able to see them you know I would say like my last round on dating apps actually the man in my life I met on a dating app and this man is like chivalrous to a T like I can't even Mm. tell you he's so he will literally take women like his girlfriends on dates when they have bad experiences with men to say, this is how men should treat you. Do not forget it to like set a new standard for them. I met this guy on hinge, you know, and I was like, why are you on hinge? And he was like, I just was ready to meet someone. And it just seems to be the way that women are meeting men these days. And he had some bad dates. Obviously I talked about one earlier, but when you start to be able to set your nervous system to receive from men like this, you recognize them on apps. I remember seeing him, not an instant like physical connection, definitely not my type. I've never dated someone under 5'10". He's 5'8", I think. But I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to meet this person. I don't know why. I'm going to go for it. And that was me being open versus guys would message me all the time who were my typical type. Let me tell you, if if I kept dating my typical type, I would keep dating rock stars who would leave me eventually for like, you know, someone else cooler, right? I I love a musician, but I know that that's not the man that I settled down with. That's not the man who's going to hold my heart in his heart and keep me safe forever. And so you start to like really change your nervous system to receive like this. You're going to recognize them. It's an energy, but also like there's things to look for, of course, but um, more than anything, I think the energy matters. You can start to like recognize them. Yeah. Wow. This guy sounds incredible. And I love his two things. One, I love your openness to change the, the physical aspects because how many women are like, he has to be over six foot. It's like not every man is over six foot and actually his height and also to a certain degree, his age doesn't really represent who he is as a man, because you can have a really mature, incredible 28 year old perhaps, and a really freaking immature 38 year old. And it doesn't actually mean anything. It's very person specific. So I love that openness to be, be shown who they are. And also 
the man's relationship with the feminine and the feminine women or the feminine beings in his life is so important. This is a big one for me. I always tell people or I'll ask like, what's their relationship with their mother like? What's their relationship with their sister? What's their relationship with female friends? Because that is such a big indicator of how they relate to women. Is that something that you talk about with the your clients as well on how to kind of spot these things? A thousand percent. And I will say, and unfortunately, this is kind of messed up, but it is just a truth. If he comes from a single independent mother who didn't need help with anything ever, and she did it all by herself, he will likely expect the same from you. Now, if he came from a single independent mother and he has this other perception of, I never want a woman to go through what my mother went through, then he's going to fight extra hard to make sure that the woman he settles down with is cared for. So same kind of like upbringing, but two very different mindsets. And it's important to take a look at like, my mom's the most, she's like superwoman. I love, she just did everything by herself. Soon enough, if you choose this man, that's going to be you too. Mm, so good. So many things to really look out for. I remember now again, my, my first love, my ex, he had such a toxic relationship with his mom. He was so rude to her, so disrespectful. And that was exactly how it turned out to be with me. But little baby 20 year old staff didn't realize this was a huge red flag from the beginning. I was like, mm-hmm. he's, he's so charming. turns out he had like four girlfriends at the same time as me after being in a relationship for four years. So we learned that lesson, but that's maybe I've who that. I am. Today. <laughs> I've heard that one so many times. And also I'm just going to throw this one out there. The mama's boy is going to want me. Yeah. Yeah. Moms are doing their sons a massive disservice by babying them and smothering them like helicopter moms because yeah, it does seem to raise men who are a little bit incompetent and expect that mothering, which is not sexy. Nobody wants to fuck their mom. That's what my grandma said to me growing up. Every time I'd see her, she'd be like, remember, no one wants to fuck their mother, so don't mother them. <laughs> I was like 16. I was like, I don't know what this means. And I did it plenty in my 20s, do not get me wrong, but- Nobody wants to fuck their mother. There's so much stuff there, like the, the mom stuff and the family dynamics. And it's, whew, it's really important. And this comes back to why this work is really important, why the awareness. But the biggest piece that I'm hearing from everything that you've shared here is really coming back to the trust that we have as individuals within ourselves. Because if we don't have that trust within ourselves, and if we don't have that connection with our own feelings, it seems like it's going to be pretty hard for women or humans in general to navigate this world of dating and relationships. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I mean, I think that is the most important thing, but shortly underneath is all of this information that nobody gave us. That's why I love the strategy piece of my work, like the more masculine strategy stuff. And then I love the energetic piece because again, you can't have masculine without feminine, which is why I didn't create a program or a business based off of only feminine. When I tried to do that, I failed. But when I brought the masculine and the structure and the strategy in, and I watched the women blend the two and become these powerful, magnetic, juicy women who men are like, chasing and obsessed with like my clients get these messages you're like you're gonna make me a better man I can tell and oh my gosh everything reminds me of you and and um I remember I had a client she was like no one has ever ever asked to pick me up 
before. Like, how did you do that? I'm like, I didn't do that. It was you. It was your energy holding the standard of obviously you picked me up. I'm not driving myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And and so the energy piece, but we don't know what we don't know. And Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that every woman who comes through my world is armored with powerful knowledge and powerful embodiment together. Mm, so powerful and I really resonate because I've been on that same journey of I think this is really common in our world of really when we connected deeply with that feminine but I went through a phase of almost not wanting to be in masculine like fearing the masculine so I was like it's all about feminine energy and I want to flow and that was coming up in my work but also my relationship and also my just life in general and it was super chaotic and then finding that balance was like oh my gosh this is where the sweet spot is and this is why it's really potent and powerful and I think for all human beings finding that balance with the masculine and feminine is super important as well as of course in the work that you're doing so I love that you shared that that it really is about both so final as we're coming to a close of this I mean there's so many more conversations and threads like this is not a one hour topic (laughs) this is this is a lifetime journey of learning and questioning and gaining further insights, awareness, and educating ourselves on this. So this is really only scratching the surface. To finalize this juicy conversation, and then I have some questions to ask you that I love to ask every guest on this uh, podcast, what would be your final pieces that you want to share? Like final bits, remember this. If this is the only thing you remember from this episode, what do you want the women to know? (laughs) Don't settle. Don't settle for mediocre behavior. Don't settle for mediocre experiences. You deserve to be treated like a queen and you deserve to have a man in your life who puts you on a pedestal and knows that you are his prize and will do everything and anything in his power to keep you there. And that exists. I see it all the time. I know so many men who treat women like this. I have this in my life and I show women how to do this. And if you find yourself in positions where you're auditioning for men and trying to gain their favor and chasing them around, it's not the guy and you can do so much better. I love this. Thank you for sharing that. Don't know if it's that I'm post-retreat vibes, that I have a cold, that I'm about to start my period, or if it's just your energy, but so many times today, I just feel emotional in your responses because they're so fucking powerful. So thank you for ending it in that way and making me feel all the feels. I'm like, this is just, everybody needs to know this stuff and don't ever fucking settle in any area of life. I love it. Done. Boom. So to close this up, what are you celebrating in life right now? Let us know. Oh my gosh, what are you celebrating? (laughs) My computer's like, agree, celebrate. (laughs) Um, I am celebrating having the most successful year of my life. And this week that we're recording this is my birthday week, Friday the 13th here in October, I turned 33. And that is the year that for some reason, my entire life I've been looking forward to. I've always felt that 33 is like the key to unlock everything I've ever wanted, that every seed I've ever planted will be blooming in that year. So I'm just celebrating the end of whatever cycle I've been in that has propelled me forward and and celebrating the the coming of a new and whatever that looks like, the 333 vibes, I'm so ready for them. Mm, I'm celebrating this so much for you. Again, I feel like I'm going to cry because that's so incredible. And so I think so many women can just celebrate with you, but also feel inspired and hopeful in their own journey from that beautiful share. So thank you. And 
happy birthday queen it's gonna be the best year yet and i can't wait to to witness what this this next lap around the sun brings for you yes my next question is what is bringing you pleasure right now okay so this is great i love that you asked this because I found myself in the last couple of months really shut down with pleasure. And I was so surprised by this because, (laughs) hello, it's me. But I think just so much heartbreak had happened and I just poured myself into my work and I've met so many amazing men, but haven't really been going there like sexually or letting anyone in physically. And only in meeting this beautiful man, I've realized how, how closed down I really was to sexuality right now. I had no idea. So I have been gyrating and twerking and rolling around and rubbing myself against my bed and just like looking for all the juiciness that I've been missing. So I, what's bringing me pleasure is the reactivation of myself. Mm, Yes. I love it. I'm celebrating the activation of pleasure for you. It sounds super juicy, super turned on and perfect way to enter into this next year as well in the most alive, turned on, pleasurable way. So I love this. More twerking. twerking. (laughs) (laughs) More twerking always. So my final question, you've sort of touched on this already, though I'm going to ask it anyway. What is something that you wish every woman on the planet would know or experience? The magic and incredible experience of being a woman when the world has told you that it was never enough. Mic drop. (laughs) Literally done. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Fuck yes. Fuck yes for that. Thank you for sharing. Where can people find you? I feel like people are going to be like, where is this queen live? I need more of her. Where can people connect with you? I live in Orange County. My address, no, just kidding. Orange County, California. Um, I'm open to receiving gifts. Yeah, you can send in my mail. So on Instagram, I've got a little funny thing happening right now. My account is Tayfem, T-A-Y-F-E-M-M-E. It's been shadow banned. So I have been Mm. growing a new account. I am Taylor Carr. Come on over, say hi, you know, shoot us a DM. Let me know you found me on the podcast. And also my website is upgradewithtaylor.com and you'll find lots of stuff, lots of offers on there. I have a podcast as well called the Activated Woman Podcast. Maybe we'll get stuff on there pretty soon. And yeah, those would be the main places. I have a TikTok, Upgrade with Tay on TikTok. Yeah, I'm I'm everywhere. I'm on YouTube. I'm everywhere. And make sure you're Instagram and TikTok. Every time I'm on TikTok, you're... TikToks pop up and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So it's a must. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your knowledge, your beautiful blend and embodiment of everything that you're sharing. This has been super fun and I can't wait for everyone to listen and let us know what you have loved, what you have learned, reach out, tag us, all of the things, leave us a review and hope you've enjoyed this episode. So thank you, Taylor, so much for being here. I have loved this episode. Thank you so much, Steph. I'll see you soon.